Travelers, sorry, we lost the door. It's pretty much gone, as is most of the city. We are nearing the end. The last few people are getting through this portal. I don't know if you really want to stay here, but sanctuary is gone. It is getting consumed. I am grateful that I set up this inn near the wall, but damn. Let's uh, walk together over to see Wing Over. Hey there, travelers. Yeah, as you guessed, it has been pretty rough, but, you know, trying to hold down the fort, lots of monsters still out there. Uh, it's, it's not going well, but we've got this portal. I can barely hold on to this thing, though. I'm exhausted. Oh, jeez. What? Did you need some help holding that open? You're dead. You're supposed to be dead! How the hell are you here right now? Well, am I here? Or am I elsewhere? I'm here to pick up one final guest. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, don't be coy with me, Michael. Or should I say... Solomon? You didn't think I knew. You split your soul out of your body the moment I took over. Your dear Lathander gave you a bit of a boost on that one. Whole new body and everything. Full time you've been fighting against your dear Dorum while I'm walking around in your old skin. That corpse is gone now. Now I have. Celestial. I am so lost. So wait, you took over Michael's body. Michael was Solomon. Solomon who traveled with Dorum. And then Rathanda gave Solomon a new body, helped scoop the soul out when you moved in. And then Michael's been fighting Dorum? Pretty much sums it up. That's it. Wow, talk about a subplot. Okay, whatever. Um, I think we might be the last ones. Oh, shoot! Don't you worry. I got it. Why don't you make your way through this portal? And I'll tell the rest of the story. Oh, no. Not you. The hell do you mean by that? Not me. I'm getting through this portal. I did my work. I tried to help. Norm's too far gone. Our friends are dead. Maybe so. But I need you. And why the hell should I help you? Because you want to help her. What do you mean? I think you know what I mean, Michael. Or should I say Solomon? I don't want to leave if Michael's not leaving. Oh, Michael won't be here in this world, so you might as well get your gnomish ass through that portal. And heave and ho! Ah! There. 
it wasn't so hard. Now was it? They weigh like 45 pounds. You better talk and you better talk fast. Well, I will. But first, let us hear what happens with Death Shift. I bring to you the battle of the chosen few. Part two. Looking up at the blackened space above them, which they just assumed was the space, uh, just emptiness, all of a sudden eyes started forming the size of lakes and mountains, and then a mouth started forming, looking as big as a kingdom. These tentacles started reaching out, and they realized that above them it wasn't just empty space, it was Azathoth, the idiot king, the blind sultan. They heard this roar bellow out. So I'm gonna roll D8, eight, volcano. This ripple happens. And suddenly standing on this, this strange disc, you are feeling the wash of heat and you look around and you're on a volcano. So you suddenly look around and this immense heat washes over you. Azathoth still makes up the entire sky. But now all around you is this erupting volcano. Fire is bellowing out every single place. And I need everyone to make me a constitution saving throw, DC 14. I got a nine. 20 total. 17 for Uhtred and 18 for me. Dorum got a 29. I <laughs> got a 7. Lucas, does this account as an attack against me? No, not from Azathoth. This is just like environmental damage. So it affects everyone, including Dorum. Okay, so this will not count as Majesty. Okay. So everyone who failed the save takes 13 points of damage. Everyone who passed the save takes 6 points of damage. Ow! As just this immense heat washes over you, you're all <laughs> coughing, your lungs are burning, this, these cinders are flying and like catching in your hair, and uh, you're like uh, just trying to catch your breath. It's incredibly difficult around here. And uh, you even see like this is affecting Dorm as well. It doesn't just seem to be only all of you. When this happens, Ronnie, mm -hmm. something weird happens with you. You know exactly what Azathoth just did. You you can feel it in the air. Azathoth just took all the land and just shifted it to whatever Azathoth wanted. 
You now have a new action while you're here in the Far Realms. You have Environmental Shift. What that means is you can use your turn and you can change the environment by rolling a d8. Because you're chaos, it's random, so you don't really get to choose. It could be one is void, two is ocean, three is desert, four is mountain, five is plains, six is forest, seven is town, and eight is volcano. Okay. So you don't know what happens whenever you go to one of these places. Obviously the volcano, it hurts you, it burns, but you don't know what these other places are gonna be like. But you just know in your head that the thing that Azathoth just did, you can do that too. Hmm, okay. The last turn we had was Kelsar falling from the sky and stabbing this sweet sword attack into Dorum. So now Dorum is right up close with you, Kelsar. And there's, there's just so many people around. She's having a hard time seeing this volcano is erupting around all of you. And she looks at you, Kelsar, and there's just this hate, this rage. She is going to attack you. Good. Bring it on. It's a natural 20. Oh, shit. Yeah. And what is your AC without magic fun juice? 21. That's a hit. Just barely, though. Kelsar, Dorum just grabs onto you and just starts ripping at you. You feel pieces of your armor go flying. Feathers are going everywhere. It is a mess. She's shrieking while attacking you. You take 64 points of damage. You're all watching. Kelsar is just getting mauled in front of you. Is that all you got? Come on. You're stronger than this, Dorum. You stupid Nephilim. And she's just like ripping at you. It goes from Dorum to Emzy. Yeah, I'll just attack with my swords, I guess. Okay. Uh, so you're just, you're not rolling with advantage because normally you would get disadvantage due to Kelsar being there. So you, you're just rolling normally. So 17, 11, and 24. So the 24 hits. 13 points of damage. You're trying to hit Dorum. And it's hard because Kalsar is there in the thick of it. His wings are flapping every way as he's being ripped apart. And you're trying, you keep swinging, but you keep pulling back because you're almost hitting Kalsar. Then you just stab forward, hitting Dorm right in the side, pulling your blade of blood back. And it goes from MZ to Borodon. Can I heal Kalsar uh, with a potion? Yes. Would that be my action? It would be very difficult to heal Kalsar at the moment with a potion because Dorum is, like, pretty much on him. Like, they're sharing a square. So I'd say you'd have to make a, a grapple check with Dorum to kind of, like, get through it, and then you can just give Kelsar the potion, and that would be your action. I think I'll just wait Kelsar to leave from Dorum. Yeah, that makes sense. I do wonder what the high-quality H2O would do, though. Probably help your burned-ass lips. <laughs> So I have this Frost Warhammer. Is the magic part the 1d6 plus 1? Yeah. I'll just swing my my hammer on her. So I got 20. Not net 20, but 20. That's a hit. All right. So I got 9. This is a long fight because you guys are all doing normal damage. <laughs> I mean, if you guys want, I can lift. 
the anti-magic field, but it's probably what keep keep me as alive as well. At the moment, yeah. It goes from board on, batter up, to Drexier. So Drexier, there is uh, there is feathers and blood. No need to change up uh, something that works. Don't don't fix it if it ain't broke. So we're just gonna Uhtred bite, Drexier stab. So Uhtred's a uh, twenty-five to hit. That's a hit. I got a. I don't even want to talk about it to hit. It wasn't a crit miss though. And uh, 27 to hit. That's a hit. So Uhtred will do uh, 15 points of piercing. Draxir will do 6 points of piercing. So you two are attacking Dorum, and like, you know, wounds are healing up, you're striking, creating new ones. Bordon smashes his hammer in there, like, it is just a wild time. You're on a volcano, like, what is happening? Well, you're, you're just trying to fight Dorum. And it goes from Draxir to Ronnie. So if I try and trade places with someone, is that considered magic? Because it's like a chaosy power, right? Or are we calling that magic? So you saw Kalsar use his powers and it seemed to work. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take a running dive and then... At the lava? No, no, no. I'm going to take a running dive, I guess, southwest... It, or southeast. Okay. And then I'm going to trade places with Kalsar to get him out of the... Uh, him and hopefully me also out of the way. Okay, so you're going to trade places with Kalsar and then you'll you'll like be in the thick of it with Dorum. Well, theoretically, I'll be jumping that way and I'm going to hope I get about five feet out. It's an action to cast your spell. It's also an action to do that. So I'll say you can do that, but you'll get an attack of opportunity on you from Dorum. It's not two actions, though. It's one action and movement. Kelsar is pretty much, like, grappled up with Dorum. Okay, Is what you're, you're basically, like, bouncing out of. So you'll you'll be able to get out of it, no problem. It's just there'll be an attack of opportunity if you're okay with that. Yep, that's fine. They will have to make a charisma saving throw. All right. What's the DC? 19. I only got a 17. Okay, they can't attack me on this turn. Ah, thanks, Roy. You got. You got to yell. I'm real far away. I'm like twenty feet away. <laughs> you go to like. She goes to swing at you and just stops, like looking at you while you're like gracefully jumping. And all of you at this moment, you didn't real really realize it because you were in the thick of all this. But Ronnie just looks so damn beautiful. Well, he's like doing this graceful leap as he uh, just goes through this fey majesty <laughs> surrounding him, and he just stumbles out of there. I hope he makes. Um... Like like that squid horn oh, face, yeah, you know, chiseled. The kiss. The handsome Squidward. And it goes from Ronnie to Dorum. Everyone's looking pretty fine around her, including that damn little automata Utrid. Okay, man, she does not have much she can do. What she's going to do? I guess it's just gonna just gonna attack the source of her problems. Bro Rodon. Me? Alright, your AC is eighteen. Uhtred's defensive pounce will give a disadvantage. Oh, and Uhtred gets a counterattack now. She has two that she's doing right now. Okay. Twenty-three and a eleven. The twenty-three hits. Five piercing. 
So with disadvantage, she still hits Oridon, but she gets bit by Uhtred. It's like this savage dog is just by her while she's trying to do something. And Uhtred just like <laughs> jumps up and like bites her in the thigh. She just <laughs> slaps it down and turns towards Boridon and just starts raking at him with these claws. 30 points of damage, Boridon, as these two claws just come like slashing at you. And I got like 16, and that's mine. Oh, right, yeah, because you're holding onto the spell. I mean, every time I take damage, I'm, I'm rolling um, to, to keep this spell up. So I have a chance. I mean, I have um, advantage, though. Yeah, because of your warcaster. So, okay, I'm at 57. So we go from Dorum to Kelsar. Kelsar, you are outside of the anti-magic field, and you're breathing heavy. I am going to use uh, Lay on Hands on myself. Alright, is that an action or a bonus action, Lay on Hands? It's an action. You place your hand on your chest and you feel this positive energy flowing through you as you are breathing in easier, your wounds are sealing up. Ah, oh, that feels so much better. It goes back to Dorum. I mean, Dorum's stuck. She's gonna keep doing what she's doing. She's got this dwarf in front of her, and uh, she's got an annoying dog on her leg. Can Uhtred still uh, bite with these attacks? Go ahead and like, double-check this, but I'm pretty sure it's kind of just a constant thing. I mean, it sucks for me, but it's cool for you as a player. Yeah, it's a consistent thing. Go wild, keep biting that leg, and I'll roll with disadvantage. All right, I think both those counters hit. They are 20, both are rolled to 24. Nice. So 10 altogether. Dorum goes, and the first swing hits you, Boridon. You take 10 points of damage as the first swing goes. And she goes in to swing with her other one, and Uhtred, like, bites onto her arm and, like, drags her arm down. She's like, down, down. And she's, like, hitting down onto his head. <laughs> Uhtred's just like, Rrr. you know, she's trying to hit away this catablepus <laughs> that is slowly turning into a dog. <laughs> And it, you're watching as, like, a, she's getting, like, all these attacks are coming on her. And she's looking just furious. And you hear this roar once more from above you. And the land shifts again. Six. That is the forest. Well, this looks like a quaint forest, though. It doesn't look like a spooky one. Unfortunately, <laughs> as you, <laughs> you all just, like, fall. And this soft, gentle breeze uh, reaches out. And you're like... Oh my god, like you were sweating being in that volcano. And now it's just this cool, beautiful breeze. And then these roots start ripping out of the ground and attacking all of you, including Dorum. And I need everyone to make me a DC 14 dexterity saving throw. Richard got a 10 and I got a 17. Six in total. Two. I got 21. My stupid legs. I, I, I wasted my 20 keeping the magic, you know, like with the concentration thing. So anyone who failed the check takes 22 points of damage. Anyone who succeeded the check takes 11. As these roots start just slashing at all of you, they're razor sharp, they have thorns sticking off them. You see a couple of them, like Dorum dodges out of the way, and then two of them just rake across her back. And she's just looking utterly confused, looking up at Azathoth and looking back at all of you. And this land just keeps shifting and changing. The trees all start having little chattering mouths. The flowers, the insides open up to little eyeballs. You take a closer look at the trees. 
And it's not leaves, they're all like fingernails almost glued together that are like shaking from these trees. You're in this weird demented forest. That goes to Emzy's turn. We still have the anti-magic field going? Yes. I will go for our attack, I guess. 22, 17, and 20. So two of those hit, one misses. 22 points of damage. So now that Kelsar isn't in the way anymore and Ronnie scooted through, you just start swinging. Dorum still manages to get out of the one of the way uh, of one of your blades, but you just keep swinging, hacking two of your attacks going through. Dorm roaring out in pain. And we go from MZ to Borodon. Okay, so um, drinking a potion, I think it's a free action, right? Yes. So I'll have to do that before I die. Jesus, I got like 51. Feels good. That little bit of sour cream in it really is what did it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm still like half of uh, my total HP, but it's a lot of force. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I have that potion. And I'm going to, I think I, I would be able to cast haste, right? Yes, you can use you can use your time ability, yeah. Yeah, my time magic. Okay, so I cast haste on... Who, who's the one who's dealing more damage? One sec. Is haste concentration? It's probably not. It's concentration up to one minute. So it would interfere with your anti-magic concentration. Oh, shoot. Which magic can I use to assist... Uh, my teammates from that that's instant I'll say you could try to create like a blip like make it too fast or too slow just for like a second right to like trip Dorum up to give her disadvantage on her next attack I would say you could do that if you wanted yeah I, I'm going to do that then okay so roll me a caster check DC 16 I got 17 Gordon, you hold out your hands for a second and you feel it. It's just the, the flow of time. It's really weird here. It is like, because normally you're used to, you know, the, the circles, the weird loops of time. But here it is a jumbled mess. Like someone just kept pulling out the tape out of like an old VHS and just like scrumpled it up. And so you are trying to grab onto it. And you just like quickly twist your hand and you see Dorum just speeds up super fast and trips a little bit as she's like trying to go forward. And... It goes from Borodon to Drexir. More of the same going on. Just never going to change. That's a 23 to bite. Oh, wait, do we have advantage again? Yes. Oh, I haven't been rolling with advantage. Whoops. So same, same to bite. A 27 and a 28 to hit with the two stabs. So I think that's all hits across the board. Yep. That'll be 16 points of piercing from Utrid's Bite. Oh my god, I almost got max damage across the board too. 12 and 13 respectively from each stab, so 25 plus 16, so that's 41 points of damage total. All piercing. Oh, because you had your intelligence to your attacks, eh? Yeah. So you just start wailing on Dorum. You're watching as more cracks are starting to form on Dorum, where Bordon had done that time magic on her face. More and more of them are forming and forming, like, along her arms, her neck. 
and it's starting to get quite bright. And so it, it's not imposing disadvantage or anything. It's just, it's, it's noticeably bright. And it goes from Draxir to Ronnie. Yeah. I guess I'm going to take... I don't know. I don't really have a ton of stuff I can do. I'm just going to take a step back. Uh, five foot back or whatever. Do we want to change again? I guess we are continually being... The next round, the roots will attack again. They will attack again? Yeah. All right. I guess I'll, I'll give it a shot and try. And maybe we'll get the town... Some like charisma or something. Alright, so roll a d8. Seven. Town. Hey! So, <laughs> nice. Ronnie, you are holding your hands out. You're, you're trying to concentrate and you can feel this new ability, this whole land. It's, it's there to be shaped. The laws of reality are so loose here. And you just think, you're like, okay, I want to shift it. And suddenly you start hearing the hustle and bustle of a town. You all end up in this town. And you all are looking around. And it's different for each of you. Bordon, you see the dwarves of Mondragnum running from the dead. Everywhere around you is chaos and pain. And your heart hurts as you're watching your people get attacked. You see that dilapidated city that once was the glorious Mondragnum. Kelsar, to you... This is your village that you grow up in, but not the twisted village that you were forced to remember, the real village, and you're watching your people be murdered by the Order of the Silver Shield. No! Draxir, no, stop it, please! Draxir, you're watching Hamor, and you see neighbors, family, friends, everybody rushing to get out of the way as clearly an enemy has managed to invade the state and people are getting attacked in the streets. MZ, you're watching the city of Tulnarath be invaded by these illithid fiends, these strange warped aberrations as you're watching Gith be ripped asunder. And Ronnie, to you, it's Silindia. And for you, it's not that bad. Uh, well, it wouldn't be that bad for another person. For you, though, it's tons of people holding up picketing signs saying they want to cancel your next album. Because it was shit. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie's a victim of cancel culture. That's right. Currently, the area is considered difficult terrain. So when you're moving, you're moving at half speed. As well as, all ranged attacks are made with disadvantage. Because there's just so many people around here. So you're, you're getting bumped into, shoved, people are screaming. It is just chaos everywhere. And so, Ronnie, that goes from you to Dorum. She is going to move, so every one of you, MZ, Utre, Draxir, and Bordon, all get a attack of opportunity with your melee weapon. I got 21. Utre crit. I got uh, 22 and a 21. Uh, 19. I, I dealt like six points of damage. So Utre does... 22 piercing and Draxir does 10 piercing. Uh, I do 15. So she gets out of this. She looks furious. She's not looking good. She looks rough. So right now, Kelsar and Ronnie are the only ones outside of the anti-magic sphere that can be affected by magic. So you two will be in her vicinity. All right, I need 
Kelsar and Ronnie to both make me dexterity saving throws. Sorry, this is a, a spell? This is a spell, yes. I'm casting counter spell again. Okay. I got 13. 13? Okay, uh, Ronnie, roll that. The DC is 18. Fuck, I got 12. All right, so Ronnie, make a dexterity saving throw. 13. Okay, both of you are taking full damage. Kelsar and Ronnie, these chunks of ice start raining down from the sky. And Ronnie, you go to counterspell, and it doesn't manage to work. As both of you take 53 points of damage, this ice just starts bludgeoning you. And you're watching, like, in both of your your realities that you're seeing, citizens are just getting pelted with these ice. Like, they're just getting crushed, killed, oh. just splattered everywhere. Blood oh. is going on you. And uh, from Dorum's go, it goes to Kelsar. Bonus action, I'm going to use my healing potion. 42 back. You drink down that potion, you feel some of the wounds oh. heal up from where this ice had bludgeoned you. And what else would you like to do? So I will expand my spell slot to do Divine, improve Divine Smite. Hell yeah, do it up. 22. 22 is a hit. And what's your second attack? 17. That's a miss. 44 damage. You go swinging your sword and it just erupts in light and you slice right across Dorm. She screams out in pain. And she looks at you furious. You're no better than the gods you disobey. Kelsar goes to her go. You have done this for the last time. And she holds up her hand to cast her last ninth level spell. She snaps her fingers. Ronnie, do you have a counter spell that you're gonna do? Uh, yeah, might as well. 23. 23, god damn. You fizzle out her spell. And she just looks in Infuriated. She shrieks out as her spell once more is cancelled by Ronnie O'Connell. And she looks at Kelsar and then suddenly she just disappears. She reappears on the roof further away. She's looking at Ronnie now with just this hate in these glowing eyes. And it goes from her go to Enzi. Basically, while you're in the board on bubble, you're pretty safe. Yeah. I'm going to, then I'm going to go right here, just outside of the bubble. Okay. I'll throw a hatchet that I make of blood or something. All right. Uh, yeah. Roll to manipulate your powers. If I can make swords, no problem, though. Shouldn't I be able to make a hatchet? No problem. Yes, but you're detaching it from your body and throwing it and getting it to still hold shape while detached from you. Okay. 22? Yeah, you made it no problem. Uh, so roll me um, an attack roll on Dorm. Oh, a natural one. Oh, God. You use too much blood. You go and you hurl this axe. And, like, you've formed it, and you've made weapons before. You've messed around when you're training made all sorts of different weapons and so you make this axe you hurl it the moment it disconnects from you you feel lightheaded you're like that like because think about how much blood we have in our body and then make 
take that much blood out of you and make an axe and then exit your body. So like it was a shock to your system. That's why like it just, it goes sailing. Your constitution score will say it's temporarily decreased by one. So if anyone uses like a Lester Restoration or anything like that, it'll instantly go back to normal. Okay. Someone needs to give you a donut. <laughs> yeah, your blood sugar's low. That's pretty like that's basically where you're at. Your your blood sugar just it dropped along with your blood content. <laughs> so, Emzy, you go hurling this axe. It misses Dorum and it stabs right into the house right near her. And you watch it just melt and all this blood just comes like running off the side of the house, like dripping down. And then it goes from MZ to Borodon. So can I walk? So if, if I get here, can I give Roni a potion? You know, like administrate yes. potion to Roni? Yeah. So, okay, so I use one, like one potion of uh, superior healing. Okay. Which is 8d4 plus 8. Okay. So 34. Yeah, feels good. You drink up this potion. Hey. Thank you, Bardon. I was expecting more from you, but okay. Well, he's just getting cancelled right now, so he's he's not in his prime. <laughs> so, can I drink uh, from... I mean, as a... Um, what is it called? As a free action, can I drink from my water skin to see if... if the high-quality H2O? Yeah. <laughs> High or low? It's high. Please don't say I start vomiting. Alright. It's good. It tastes good. Uh, you, you open up your water skin. You just start chugging. Because for one, you were literally just in a volcano. So you're pretty thirsty. <laughs> and you're losing blood, which makes you double thirsty. So you're you're drinking down this water. And it it feels really good. You get 8 HP back. You're, you're drinking this water and it feels good. It's, it's what the body needs. From board on to Draxir. So Draxir, you're you're watching all this go down. Okay, Draxir's gonna run southwards and going to unleash some tricks that at least one of which hasn't been done before by Draxir. I'm going to use my bonus action to cast Branic Smite at level four. And then I'm going to call who throws my trident both with sharpshooter. So I no longer get any sort of disadvantage from long range, although I think I'm within the regular range anyways. And I get a minus five to my attacks, but if I hit, I get plus 10 damage to each. I'm calling on both of them. Going for the, the big money. Big money, big money. So one is a 19 to hit, and the other is a 16 to hit. Both miss. Oh, shit. So you hurl these tridents. The first one, she slaps it back to you, and then you catch it using the momentum, hurling it back. And it's a really weird, like anyone from like a bystander's point of view, this is very impressive, the two of them. It looks for Hurst. But unfortunately, Draxir, you don't manage to get an attack in. And what would you like to do with Uhtred? How high are these roofs? I'd say it's a single story, it's like 10 feet. Okay. Uh, Uhtred has a move speed of 40, so if Uhtred tries to get onto this yellow roofed house, how far would he be able to go? He started here. So just think of it like one square to get up is cost two. Uhtred will run up on that roof, kind of where the two, uh, the one peak meets the, the side of the secondary part of the roof. 
So you're all creating this kind of like, I wouldn't say pincer, but you're you're creating almost like a semicircle around Dorm. You're you're starting to close in, and she's looking around, panicked. And it goes from Drex here to Ronnie. So Ronnie, you're getting canceled right now. It's probably the most hurt you've ever been. Uh, no, I'm just gonna trade places with Dorm. Okay. I like that. Thank you. So Miss Highfire suddenly appears right in front of, and she just goes. As a bonus action, now that I'm outside of here, I'm going to use Bardic Inspiration. Nice. Then I'll give inspiration to Drax here. Okay, so Ronnie, you suddenly switch places with Dorum and strum a loot. Use Drax here. You feel good. You feel like, oh, I got a little bit of an edge going here. Dorum just looks furious. Once again, she has to waste her time and get sliced up by MZ. So, MZ, you get an attack of opportunity, first thing. 16. That is a miss. So you swing, MZ, and she manages to duck out of the way as she just starts running. She leaps up onto this roof alongside Ronnie, and Ronnie, you're looking at her, like, just square in the face. Ronnie, she points a finger at you, and she says, Neil. And I need you to make me... Uh, constitution saving throw. And Breakable Majesty should still be on, because it goes for a minute. Oh, okay. I will get her to roll. No! <laughs> so, <laughs> she goes to attack you, and what is the thing? So if she can't attack me, uh, she has to to choose a new target, or the attack is wasted. She goes to point at you, and her face looks confused as she goes and just points behind her and like does like a finger gun uh, at Draxir. Well, shit. So Draxir, you have to make a constitution saving throw. Sorry, Draxir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too beautiful! <laughs> it's actually a 19. Yep, right on the nose if you got 19. So you will take half damage. Okay, so you take 40 points of damage and she points her finger and you feel it just like, you feel your heart skip a beat and it really hurts, like right inside your chest. As like you feel yourself like buckle down to take a knee, but you manage to make it past. And so you just take 40 points. Okay, so Drexir, you save through that, through Ronnie being too beautiful. And let's keep this going. We're getting real close to the end. So then another shift happens just before Kelsar's turn. Ocean. So you all dive into the ocean. One moment you're standing around pain and misery. And the next moment you're on a beautiful ocean cruise without the boat. So you plunge into the water immediately. And like the currents are going strong. You're all trying to keep your head above the water. Catches all of you off guard. Uh, I need everyone to make me a strength saving throw. DC 14. 17. 14. <laughs> Six. I got 16. So everyone who succeeds takes eight points of damage. Everyone who fails takes 16 points of damage. So you just start getting buffed around by the waves, taken underwater, smashing into rocks. Like some of you are managing to swim up. Bordon, unfortunately, your ring isn't working, or else you'd be swimming like a fish. And so. You're all just like barreling through the water. Uhtred's going a little crazy because um, it's really hard to swim when you're a robot. And so everything's just going wild. 
we go to Kelsar. So Kelsar, your head is above the water. As you see, Dorum is splashed into the water. She also took damage. She's looking confused. Can I fly out of the water? Yep. Okay, so I'm going to fly out of, out of the water, and I am going to um, spend my powers and try and take pot shots at her, basically. Do barrage attack. Okay. Go ahead and roll with advantage. 22. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll your damage. Um, so you're just doing pot shots. We'll just say it's the 2d10 again. It's like you're doing the swords. 19. So you just start blasting these shots. They just arc overboard on and uh, over MZ as they're swimming. Ha! Hits into Dorum as she like falls towards Ronnie, like getting dunked under the water a little bit. And it goes from Kelsar to Dorum. So Dorum just can't hit Ronnie. He's too damn pretty. And Borodon's basically in his immune bubble protecting MZ. So that leaves Dress here. You see the the bolts, exp- like the, the cracks expand more and more on Dorum. She's aging rapidly. Her hair is growing gray. She's, uh, her eyes are glowing more. These cracks are expanding more. And finally, they are breaking. They are, like pieces of her are falling off almost like it's ceramics. And she shrieks out. I need, aside from Bordon and MZ, because you're safe for magical effects, I need everyone else to make me constitution saving throw. The DC is 19. I got 15. Uh, 21 for me and 13 for Richard. I got 20. Okay, so everyone who failed, oh, you're blinded for one round. No, not very long. But you also take damage. So, this is radiant damage. For those of you who failed, you take 50 points. For those of you who succeeded, you take 25. Ouch. So this blast echoes out, and it just, like, warps around board on an MZ. And now Dorum is no longer who you've seen all this time. It's this being of pure, blinding light. They have this smile, all these teeth just arcing up, too many teeth, and their face is like a sunburst. Dorum has become the Shining God. And the Shining God now is just like lashing out with these attacks. And it goes from Dorum's go of evolving and it goes to Borodon. So how low is everybody? Well, Uhtred's actually in pieces and I'm at 41. I mean, I'm torn between lowering the barrier and healing everybody. But even like healing everybody, it won't be as much as you know protecting you guys from the spell. Are we at a point where we could, where we can handle like, like if you remove your your shield, like can we start popping off on her or? Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Like, I'm I'm in favor of removing this anti magic field. Yeah, I would, I would do that. I guess I still have my counterspell 8th level anyway, so I can counter at least one. I cancel? I mean, it's not an action, right? I don't have to. Uh, yeah, you can just let go. Yeah. Would Dorum be... No, she wouldn't be immune to um, radiant damage, right? Or, like, the laughing god, the smiling god, or 
The shining god? The shining god, the, the being made out of pure light. You can cast a radiant spell at, at her. Would it deal damage? Because Kelsar has been... Well, so far, nobody nobody has tried to cast a radiant spell at the shining god. The beautiful, benevolent light. So, Kelsar was doing positive damage, like pos- like radiant damage to Dorum, while Dorum was in a human form. I will say that much, yes, and it was affecting Dorum normally. Uh... Dorum has now become a being of light, shining bright, benevolent. Pretty strong hit. <laughs> uh, so I cast uh, Sacred Flame, because okay. every other magic I have is benevolent and super nice and radiant. Okay. So I got 20. Does it hit? No, actually it doesn't. You cast this spell, you cast the radiant damage shines on through, uh, but misses Dorum. Sacred Flame does still do radiant. Oh, does it? Yeah. I thought it was a flame. Shit. You'd think. It makes sense. It would be a fire, but they just oh, suck ass at naming would... things. Uh, so, because... <laughs> I wouldn't cast it if I knew it was, like, radiant. But yeah, whatever. So you, you cast this spell and it, it misses Dorum. Uh, because, you, you know, you missed. It wasn't the fact that you hit and it didn't work. And uh, so this this energy just, like, goes wide. And then it goes from Bordon to Draxir. So, Draxir, you are paddling. Wait, I just need to cast... Oh, Masking Ward. That's the one that I cast on the fifth level. Okay. So, uh, 3d4 plus your wisdom. So I heal everybody for 12. Stops the bleeding. And I just healed myself for 14 because I have my belt again. Nice. So it just gives me back my constitution. So, Draxir, you're you're feeling a little better. You got some healing words sent your way. I'm going to tread water and uh, try another double sharpshooter. Okay. 24 to hit on the first. That's a hit. And a 16. That's a miss. So it's going to do 22 fire damage. Okay. Plus the 10 piercing from the sharpshooter. Nice. Plus 7 piercing from the base attack. Plus another 15 force from my arcane jolt. So this being just takes this massive hit. And the second one unfortunately misses because you're like a wave comes crashing down when you're trying to throw it again. The Shining God is looking pretty rough. This light is just like flickering and going absolutely berserk. You can hear the roars above as this this land is starting to shift for mountain. I need everyone to make me an acrobatics check. DC 14. 7. 18. I got 13. 18. All right. Okay, so both of you are going sliding down the mountain a little bit, 10 feet. Both take 10 points of damage as you're just, like, falling and hitting a bunch of rocks because, like, suddenly you were swimming and then suddenly you were standing and and you just start falling down this steep mountain. And you manage to catch yourself and hold on. And board on, this is bringing back all those times having to climb those mountains with Dad. And it's just, it's, you know, part of it's bittersweet and part of it's just, like, why? <laughs> As you're you're holding on to this cold mountain, wondering what the hell's going on, more eyes are opening up 
you can actually see the tentacles are starting to descend. And something different happens. This tentacle appears, starts flailing around, and Enzi is going to attack you, but miss. So it slaps down onto the ground. You manage to just bounce out of the way, and you see like it leaves a bit of a crater. So like this is a heavy hit that this thing's doing. Okay. The creature two, I believe it's Ronnie's go now. Ronnie, you are a little blind. A little blind, a little damaged here. Wait, did we all get good potions? I think we did, right? I believe so. I'm going to use mine in my free action. Okay, 43. Magic's gone. No one else is around. I'll use Thunder Wave, because that should... Yeah, that'll, that'll just echo for me, no problem. Yeah, so I'll use uh, Thunder Wave at 7th level. Okay. They need to make a constitution saving throw. Uh, 21. So they'll take 22 damage. So you slam your hands. And just snow just starts falling down in every direction. You see the Shining God takes the brunt of this hit as they're, they're like uh, getting pushed back a little bit. All of you are looking like you're, you're tired, you're wounded, everything's going to hell. And then it goes uh, from Ronnie to there goes. So, Ronnie, can you use Counterspell without being able to see? I guess just like if you can hear hear a spell going, right? That's a good question. It does say spell you see someone cast. Oh, when you see a creature within 60 feet of you casting a spell. Okay. Okay, so I guess I can't. Well, then she's going to take opportunity to do this. All right, she's going to center it beside Borodon. That is a 20-foot radius. I don't think I'm going to be able to get Kelsar. But Borodon, MZ, and Draxir all make me constitution saving throw. Uh, 19. Nice. 10. All right, so MZ, you take half. Draxir, you take a quarter. This is fire damage. And Bordon, you're taking full. So Bordon, you take 76 points of damage. MZ, that means you're taking 35, uh, 38 points of damage. And then Draxir, you take half of that. So this fire just like rips out as she like points. This like incendiary cloud just ripples out from right near Bordon. And Kelsar is just outside of near you. And it is staying in this area. You can feel like it's it's not going away at the moment. We go from her turn to Kelsar. So Kelsar, it's it's getting near the end. You're you see this giant cloud of flames and embers all around your three friends. I want to expand my powers again, but I want to expand it beyond my limits that it damages myself as well. And I want to focus my uh, huge energy blast towards Dora. Basically, everything I got. How much HP do you have? I have 84. Would Kelsar be holding back at all? Or is he just going to dump the tank? Can I expand it so that I'm down to maybe... Like, use half of my remaining health? Yep. Okay. So I'm going to do that. Alright, so roll to use your powers. The DC is 15. 11, 16. Alright, you're good. What is half your hit points? 42. 
So, Kalsar, you hold up, like, this necrotic energy builds, and all of you are watching as blood is starting to come out of Kalsar's eyes, nose, ears, mouth, and he pushes this black energy, and it slams right into the Shining God, who shrieks, TAKE THIS DORAM! Shrieks out in pain, and you feel, like, a ripple happen, as, like, that was pretty devastating, and now you can see this light is barely flickering in Dorum, as Dorum is turning towards Kelsar, like, twitching, and it's almost like they're there one moment, they're not there, they're there, they're not there, and you see their eyes or whatever glowing things are in their head are locked on Kelsar. And we go from Kelsar to their turn. Kelsar, the Shining God appears behind you. (laughs) They hold out their hands. Like they're going to embrace you in a hug. I need you to make me another constitution saving throw. 17. Okay. So Kelsar, they embrace you in this hug. You're trying to push away. Your skin is burning. You all watch as Kelsar erupts in flames. And this, this light keeps shining brighter and brighter and brighter. Your wings are burning. The feathers are gone. And you watch as Kelsar's body just comes sailing down, crashing into the trees below. Kelsar, you take 100 points of damage because you failed your save. And you take another 12 points as you are falling down. So your first death saving throw is a failure. Yeah. So we go from the Shining God to MZ. So is she... On the ground right now? Uh, she's floating in the air. I'll charge on the ground as much as I can, and then I'll jump, and I'll use my boots of flying 30 feet. Okay. As I'm floating there, I'll uh, attack her. Okay, the tentacle got an attack of opportunity on you while you're running past. You take 19 points of damage as the tentacle just like cracks you in the ribs. Now you are up to Dorum. You see Kelsar's burning body is just like down on the ground. I will use a planar warrior on myself. And that's like a special ability. I can still attack. Come on, are you going to end this? I'm hoping. I'm trying. Now that I don't have magic throttling me. Fuck, are they all going to be misses? Bullshit. Natural 20. There oh, we go. shit. You have to finish it with this net 20 of yours. 31 points of damage. Okay. Uh, 23. I just about maxed over you. You stab into the Shining God. This cracks start to form along her. She looks over at you, MZ. You don't know what you've done. You don't even know what you've begun. The cracks have formed more and more. You're holding your blade in there, like trying to push it in further. And uh, Kalsar is on the ground. The flames are encasing his body. Ordon is like just getting up, getting ready to act. You see Draxir is pulling himself up, holding on to this 
this trident as Ronnie is blinking his eyes, starting to get a vision of what is about to happen. And Emzy, you are the closest in the blast. It's like your mom all over again. I need everyone to make me first a dexterity saving throw and then a constitution saving throw. Both of them are DC 19. There is no chance I'll survive. I'm already dead, though. Natural 20 for boredom! Oh, I did? Okay, so 20 for dexterity and 11 for constitution. Draxir? Uh, 12 on the first, 20 on the second. Okay. So, Ronnie, what did you get? Dexterity was 15, constitution was 21. I got the two two same rolls. MZ, what did you get? Exactly the same as Evan. I got 15 on my dexterity, and I got 21 on my constitution. This light flashes out. You are all, like, tumbling. You can't see much at first. You are trying to figure out what the hell's going on, like, you're hitting into everything. For the dexterity, Ordon and Draxir, you both succeeded. You two managed to take only half damage. And for the constitution savings, that's remaining conscious. MZ's awake, Bill, and Ronnie's still awake. Ordon and Draxir, you both take 50 points of radiant damage. Yeah, I'm dead. MZ, Kelsar, and Ronnie, you both take 100. So, what's everyone's HP at right now? Uh, minus six. I'm minus 34. Uh, minus 48. Minus 48. And Draxir? It'd be minus 16. Alright. So I'm just gonna do this one at a time. Uh, it's death saving throws. Start with Ronnie. So roll me three d20. Critical miss. Seven. Twelve. MZ. Roll me some d20s. Oh, that's starting off strong. All right, you made it. You succeeded, so MZ, you did not die. Uh, Draxir, can you do three d20s, please? Uh, so I don't know if you'll allow this. What's the wording on it? What I want to do is use my flash of genius. When you or another creature you can see within 30 feet makes an ability check or saving throw, you can use your reaction eyes plus five to the roll. And usually I just have to justify it with some reasoning so i don't know if you like this uh but i'll say like you know i have like the mechanical medical arm thing Mm -hmm. let's say it injects me with like adrenaline some sort of reviving serum i'll say you can do it for one of your rolls it's an 18 10 okay and 12 uh roll one again 11 you made it board on roll me some d20 5, 21, 3, 12. Oh my god. <laughs> what a roller coaster. Uh, okay, so one failure, two successes, two more failures. Okay. Wait, what about me? What's your max hit points? 160. So it went over your max hit points into the negatives. This is end of game. That kind of sucks. Roll me three saving throws. 20, not 20. And what are your other ones? 12.
you all lose consciousness for a time. Your eyes start opening up. Ronnie, it feels like you're in a brand new suit, because in a way you are, a new skin suit. You come back, and you, you sit up. All your wounds are gone. You feel amazing. And you look down at your hands, and they feel fine. You're looking around the, the ground that you're on. You're once more on that strange, large, translucent disc. And you can see in a reflection yourself. And your face keeps, like, going staticky and then going back to normal, and then staticky and going back to normal. Like, it, it's almost like you can't keep stable. Bordon, you breathe in, also back at full health. You feel pretty good, all in all, that god power is still flowing through you. What was the thing that you said you'd like to have? The cracks with the bit of sand leaking? The sands of time? Yeah. I like that. So we'll say that's that's what's happening right now. You have tiny little cracks in your golden arms. This, these sands of time are leaking out as you look down at them with your hourglass eyes. Kelsar, Draxir, and MZ, you breathe in deep. You are close to death. You're, at, you're all at zero. Anything, someone came by and stepped in your hand, you'd probably die. Like, it's it's not good. You still all hear Azathoth bellowing above you. The instruments are all in the bag. What do you all do? I cast Mass Healing uh, on the 8th level. So everybody got 24. Start playing the, like, the instruments, Ronnie. We need this, we need this now. Okay. To reach out to one of the, you know, like, try to, to fetch one of the instruments and start playing as well. Okay. I can leave that all to Ronnie. So, Bordon, you take the harp as it feels most fitting. The harp of Celestia. You begin playing. Ronnie, out of the drum or the horn, which do you take? Take the drum. So you take the drum, just start banging on it. You see the eyes of Azazoth starting to, like, droop a little bit. There's one last instrument. I stand up. This is it. And I want to say that it's been an honor fighting alongside all of you. I'm going to miss you all very, very much. And I grab the horn, and I start playing. Three of you play these instruments. The magic is rippling out beyond anything any of you have ever seen. Even when each of the instruments were used individually, you've never felt this much power. The ground around you begins to crack. You see along the sides, the ground like far into the distance. It looks like mountains have raised, dark mountains. They all have spires sticking out of them and they're coming closing towards all of you. The portal opens up, not far from the three playing the instruments. MZ and Drax here, what would you like to do? While they're playing the instruments, I'm going to go over to the like the scrap pile of Uhtred, the guy I transported between planes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start crafting some small automatons to play the instruments. Okay, so roll me intelligence plus plus your proficiency. Can can I cast guidance on him? 
At the moment, you are, it's almost like you're being consumed to play this harp. Well, that being said, I can just cast Guidance on myself. <laughs> so I will do that. Mine tastes like strawberry, but yeah, it's <laughs> yours. I don't know how long, uh, how long does Ronnie's Bardic Inspiration last for? Ten minutes. Yeah, it would still be going. It would still be active, so I can also expend that. Plus my flash of genius, I'm going to fashion each of these automata after the instruments. So the one that's going to play the drum is going to look like a tiny human. The one that's going to play the harp is going to look like a tiny Asimar. And then the one that plays the, the horn is going to look like a small demon. So roll me. Uh, it's DC 15. It's already at 28. I can keep rolling if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep rolling. <laughs> You're crafting these up, and you have to like physically remove the instruments from these guys because they're stuck. You keep playing. And so you remove it, and they kind of like snap out of it. You hand it to these little automata who are, who are playing and dancing around, and you're watching as like they're uh, these little robotic beings that be- keep coming more and more complex while they're playing. It's like they're evolving through this just pure magic that's around them, those strange far realms. This portal is starting to close a little bit as the walls are starting to close in. Now it looks like they're maybe a mile away. These massive spires raising into the sky these giant mountains coming closed. Five of you, what do you do? I just say, okay, I think we should leave this place now. And then I start, you know, like, running towards the port. I think for a moment, like, what's there for me out there in the other world? But I know that all my friends, Jaxir, MZ, Ronnie, Gordon are alive. The thought of all, all of them being alive, I gather the strength and I go through the portal. Thank you, Kalsar. You, you can start a new life. It's, it's never too late to start something new. You're right. And while they're saying that, I'm just pushing him past trying to get to that portal first. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just elbow him. <laughs> And right now, you all are exhausted and heavily wounded, so it's like a bunch of like senior citizens trying. Oh right, you you and Ronnie are feeling good. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. You bastard! So you all rush out of this portal. As the scene takes away from this area, we watch these mountains and spires coming closed. As we watch the eyelid of Azathoth close. You were all basically fighting on the pupil of Azathoth that would constantly shift and change. You stumble out. You're in Dorm's castle. The cold winds hit you. Looks like portions of this castle have been ripped off. You're standing near these pods. They're all humming, still going. You look out of the side of the castle. Now it's been just completely removed. You see so much of this world is gone. You're on such a thin strip of land 
maybe a mile or two off to the right, you see a giant wall of white. Another eight miles to your left, there's another wall. The walls were closing in. This world was almost completely destroyed. You've managed to save a sliver of the Forgotten Realms. How much remained? How many people survived? You're not sure. You all feel the symbols on your hand throb. They hurt so much. You hear a voice bellow into your heads. Say your goodbyes and ask your boon. So you're all kind of just standing there, tired, so tired. It's the longest three or four months of your life. You saved the multiverse. You put something back to sleep that is stronger than any god. You killed a god. You're now standing in this broken castle. So these four months, it felt like about two or three years. Uh, yeah, so um, right. I'd say about three years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was a pleasure, um, you know, going through all of that with you guys. Oh yeah. It wasn't easy, but it has strengthened, like, our friendship and our trust on each other, which. Like, everybody in this group is pretty broken. So... I think that we, we, we grew, you know, as, I guess, people. So... It was, a, a, like, a hardship that we, we were able to overcome, so I'm glad about that. But my wish is... My, my boom is to... I want to become the new god of time and wisdom because as the god of time like right now I'm I, I wanted to know like if I can do any good but it feels like I'm I'm more and more violent so it is like a dangerous path but a path that I think I'm I, I want to take you feel this energy and you know this this future is is now set in stone. In our other campaign that we have going on, Rise and Earlet Up, in our homebrew world, Borodon is officially going to be the god of time. And bad puns. He'll be a part of his clergy. I also want to save Yolanda. Mm, oh, you can, yeah, that's not a problem. Go back to my kingdom. I'll, I'll ask each of you what you want to do after this, but I'm just giving you a time to say goodbye. Still bothers me that we had other incarnations of ourselves go and fight Dorm all those times. Do you think there might be more of us out there? Other than Ronnie, of course. Millions of Ronnies, so. Yeah. Anyways, Kalsor, before I go and ask for my boon, I have an offer. I'm going to go work for the Nostradamus Corp. I think you'd be welcome to come along and. We can look for other Nephilim, and maybe if you find enough, you could rebuild your old village. Huh. You know, it's funny. I was, I was first 
will and ask the Yellow King to undo all the damage that uh, Azathoth did. But now that Baradon has that covered, my second thought was <laughs> I was going to go rebuild my village, but <laughs> now you have that it's, it's funny how that works. I mean... Well, if you go to the Nostradamus Corp, we'll be able to fly through space all over the place, different realms, different worlds. I think it'd be a good opportunity to do that. But you might still be able to get more help from the King in Yellow. Honestly, I, I, I expected to not return from this. To not return from this journey, and yet again, Traxir, you've saved me from... You've saved me from myself, essentially. Fighting out that your whole life was a lie and you were manipulated. And going through all this and then meeting you guys, it's... All four of you, it's been the only thing that's ever made sense in my life. Why don't you not return as Gelsor? Why don't you be another person? No. So you would never actually return, you would leave Kelsar behind and, you know, start anew. I can be my own person. Again. At any rate, Kelsar, I'll, I'll let you think on it. The offer's there. Thank you. Thank you, Draxar. My request is to be returned to my original form, so my family will recognize me when I go back. It's a unnerving feeling. You feel the mechanized parts becoming flesh. And it doesn't feel good, but after the pain subsides, you look down at your own two hands again. You feel your chest. No longer are those bulbs pushing out of your chest. You are Traxier Cardithian once more. Thank you. Hmm. Well, I've been thinking a lot about what I want. Here we go. I want to be made impossible to be recruited. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just to clarify this. Recruited for anything? <laughs> yeah. Uh, recruited for like... any any offer, I, any non-musical affair. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> a strange energy runs around you, Ronnie, and no one is able to ask you to do something that isn't musically related. I didn't expect that one. <laughs> the next campaign will be uh, the chosen musical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be him going on tour. <laughs> That's the only way to get him to go places. I think I thought about what I want. It's kind of a selfish thing. I mean, you save the multiverse. If there's a time to be selfish, it's now. I want all of my the memories of my past with the Silver Shield, uh, what they did with my village and all that. I want that erased. And I want my powers stripped from me. Do you want to be human? I still want my Nephilim, because... Being Nephilim is a part of who I am, right? Right. And it's my family's honor. I want to preserve the Nephilim bloodline. And I want to rebuild my village. So you'll still remember your family. You'll still be a Nephilim. But your powers as a Chosen will be removed. And 
you want to forget the silver shield. Yeah, all of it. You're standing there and you wish this, and the memories are going in reverse. You are forgetting things as they're coming into your mind. And by the end of it, you don't know who Chenille is. You don't know who Yegditha is. You don't know who Diurna is. All the Silver Shield people you've met, you've trained with, all of it's gone. You know that you are the last Nephilim. You know that you have a village that needs to be rebuilt. And you know of the adventure you went on with these four others. I'm gonna go with you, Draxir. All right, well, you got a lot of exploration to do. Well, I have a new life now. And the old life that I have is irrelevant now. And I know that I will see my family again one day. They will always be waiting for me. And I will be there with them one day. And I will make them proud. If there's anyone from your home out there, we're going to find them. Thank you, Draxir. And you guys can count on me. I'll probably be able to the help you guys. Rodon, MZ, Ronnie, Rex. We've all become more than just, especially you, Draxir, you've all become more than just veteran companions. You've become family to me. And you will always hold a place in my heart. I'm going to miss every single one of you, and I'll be sure to visit visit MZ and his kingdom to see Ronnie and his shows and uh, don't worry Ronnie I'm not going to recruit you for anything <laughs> yeah. I mean it's going to be hard to visit you Borodon but know that I will be thinking of you well I thought he's just to pray away I, if I ever need to see you <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to pray to you and Draxir we have many adventures ahead just keep in touch I'll, I'll be close yeah. I'm gonna miss you guys. I can say this one. Yeah, I just wish my people free. That they don't get enslaved like that again. By free? What do you mean exactly? Well, like, they're basically manipulated and enthralled by the queen. I don't want that to happen again. You feel something pulse over you. And every Githyanki out there, and the multiverse feels a pulse over them. Sundying loyalty, they're all taught to have this unwavering patriotism that they were to have to the throne immediately vanishes. They start thinking, why am I doing all of this? Why am I fighting this war? What is this really all about? And MZ, you spur the Githyanki people to overthrow the crown and become more led by a council a people rather than a throne all of you are standing here looking at one another and the sun is just starting to set on the horizon a strange strip of land surrounded by two white walls. You take a long, deep breath, looking out at this strange mountainside, this broken castle. Just everything has happened in the past four months. 
Borodon. What happens over the next century as Borodon is become a god? Tell me one of Borodon's greatest accomplishments that he manages to achieve. I made time more forgiving in the sense of a... Because we tend to forget like a lot of the good things that happened in our lives. Mm -hmm. So what I try to do um, is making, making happy things linger for longer. You manipulate the time stream. This takes you decades. You learn what the time stream is, the flow of it. You meet other gods of time, you meet other gods of wisdom. You discuss things that you, your mind used to never be able to comprehend. Time has become as natural as breathing, the manipulation of it. You eventually find the small threads of time where the positive memories slip away from, and you spend decades lengthening it and allowing people to hold on to that joy a little bit longer. Draxir and Kelsar, you have been working at the Nostradamus Corporation for a long time now. You're getting on in your years. You're fairly old. Tell me about one of your, your best adventures traveling around. Tell me one that stands out the most to the both of you. So would it be possible that we could find uh, another multiverse that has Nephilim villages like alive, but before the Civil Shield attacked? Like your village in particular, or just villages in general? Or like, I guess uh, just villages in general, but like, I don't know. I, I don't understand multiverse, do I? Yeah. Tell me, tell me about that village that you end up finding. So I find a Nephilim village, and after working at a Nostradamus Corporation for a long time, educating myself on all the technologies and all that and everything, I've learned immensely, and eventually I find a, a village of other Nephilim. It seems to be, you know, kind of medieval concepts, and I invite others to other Nephilim to join in my adventures and to work for Nostradamus Corporation and we gain our knowledge and throughout time we kind of build a new society for the Nephilim but is open to every other race in existence to integrate and communicate and it's peaceful it's a peaceful life and we eventually, yeah, we build a society that's and a thriving society from it. So, Kelsar, you're quite old. You are looking out from the small house that you've been staying at. You've been working at this village for a long time. This village is, well, I guess you can't call it a village anymore. It's grown considerably. You've gathered people from all over. You've created a place safe from things like oppression and prejudice. You created a safe haven for any to come. And looking out at this, you, for the first time, 
a long time. You feel at peace. Yeah. And that feeling will last longer. Drax here, tell me tell me of one of your your adventures in the Nostradamus Corporation. So this one happens somewhat early on, maybe 10 to 15 years after we leave the whole scenario with the Shining God. We come across uh, an interesting looking planet that has some uh, tentacle shaped continents on it. We decide to land and we see some dwarves that happen to have metal on their arms <laughs> while we're there. So we realize this is actually Borodon's home world. This is while Kalsar is still with me. I assume he left to be with, you know, his his new village slash city afterwards. But this would be before that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we realize this, and we kind of reconnect with Borodon because I imagine the connection is quite close while we're here, mm-hmm. and uh, we're able to communicate with him and kind of catch up. And it's it's a weird feeling having drinks and dinner with a god. The three of you are just enjoying uh, catching up, going over some weird memories, bored on you, talk of the strange things you've seen throughout the multiverse, and Draxir and Kelsar tell you about their latest adventures and things they've seen. Oh my god, we become fucking Rick and Morty, Draxir and... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Just, just less chaos. <laughs> Listen, Air Kalsar. You gotta take a seat. It's way up inside your butthole. So Kalsar's telling you about a real weird time they had with space police. They're just nodding slowly, knowing full well that you you check in on them from time to time and and watch them on their adventures. So, would Kalsar become a pickled sar? <laughs> there is <laughs> there is one out there and nobody likes to talk about it. And we don't talk about it. You turn himself to a pickle, it's hilarious. Oh come on, come on. It was ripe for the day. It was. <laughs> Ronnie, what was your greatest show? You know, I uh I played a show uh in the middle of town so great that everyone around tried to invite me to go get drinks after <laughs> but they couldn't they just couldn't oh. do it <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck I need so much affirmative action from other people oh my god but he removed the ability to get anyone to bond with him because they can't even ask him to go hang out <laughs> So every now and then, I just mess up like Ronnie's fingers, <laughs> you know, like I make it like either slower or like faster, so he would lose the tempo. <laughs> you just you know, tease just, him just to, now and then. Yeah. Just a little bit, yeah. And then I write in the sky, <laughs> "Fuck you, Ronnie." <laughs> oh, that's reminiscent back from the early days. It's <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. You know it. <laughs> Ronnie your popularity soars in Silindia. That's what the new town changes its name to. The town of Geldspar becomes the town of Silindia, which becomes the city of Silindia. And you don't age, which is just some 
something strange about the area. One of the weird things is, while you're there in Silendia, it keeps growing and growing. People adore you. They love you. They can't invite you to anything. They can't do anything with you unless it's like, you get invited to jam sessions and stuff like that, or collaborations, and you make a lot of money. You're so rich. One day, you're, you're walking by this pawn shop, named Ronnie's Pawn Shop, after you, and you see that drum, that old drum you used to have. Oh, Lucas, and you think, you're such an asshole. <laughs> you think, yeah, it would be nice to play that drum. And they give you a deal. <laughs> and you are basically the figurehead. As much as Britain loves the queen, Silindia loves Ronnie. And Ronnie gets what he wants. He's famous. Emzy. What what does Emzy do? What is what is Emzy's life? Hunting down aberrations. That's what I spend my time doing. You do this for a long time. I got 76,000 gold pieces and gems. I took that. <laughs> you spend it on all the right equipment. You have the best armor. The greatest swords you buy is Spelljammer ship. You're sailing across the stars. You're hunting all those aberrations. You do this for a long time, because Githyanki have a long lifespan. And... You get to the point where you go on a hunt and you almost mess up because your arms are tired. Your knees aren't bending like they used to. And you come back at this one port city that's on the side of an asteroid. You're sitting down. What is it that MZ wants to do? Are you going to keep hunting until you can't make that last hunt? Maybe before I die, I go look for the people I adventured with once upon a time. You have become very familiar with Sailing the Stars. It's something that you had found you've enjoyed. You are sailing across. You find the telltale signs of Death Shift. Accidents, problems, <laughs> and usually a lot of apologies. You find Ronnie on Silindia. Back on the remnants of Abir Toral, a sliver of land remaining on a planet completely white, consumed, erased. You find the city is all for Ronnie, and Ronnie's still playing, and he looks as young as ever. You find Draxir working at the Nostradamus Corporation. You manage to get access, and you talk to him for some time. He's working on a new line of automata that he's planning on deploying for a special project. You find Kelsar, who is, he's a civil leader. He's working to help better the Asmar people. You tell him about creatures you fought. You have a spar for old time's sake to see if either of you can still really beat one another. You do end up winning because you've been keeping yourself more in shape than Kelsar at that time. And tell me, MZ, your final moments. You're sitting on your ship, looking out. You're very old. Your breath is rattling in your chest. MZ and Borodon, 
tell me about your last time that you two see each other before MZ goes to sleep for that last time. MZ, old friend, I cannot grant you immortality, but if you want, and I know that we've talked about this before, but I can grant you, I can make you live longer if you want, but time and time again, you said no. Do you think that you're going to take that deal now? No, I don't think so. Everything has a beginning and an end. Before I pass away, I'll give him that flower and I'll say that like many, many years ago I found this and it kept me safe during our adventures. You can have it. I don't need it. So I take the flower and then I add this flower as one of the symbols of my godhood. It represents like friendship and I I don't know if it's possible but I would like to get like if, if there there are any seeds mm-hmm. of this flower. I will like I'm not going to do this now because I'm with Amzi, like with Amzi, but eventually I would plant that uh, you know like the seeds and make like a huge garden for you know in memory of MZ. It becomes a common a common thing for the churches of Bordon where they plant these flowers in the front. It's a, a symbol of their church. And MZ you say goodbye to your friend one last time. You think back on your adventures with Deathshift. Five of you doing things that honestly should have killed a lot of people a lot sooner. You five managed to make your way through it. You took down a god. You stopped a cult. You saved many people. And now you can finally take one last time to look out at the stars before the last member of Death Shift goes down to bed. finally found my last passenger. What? Where am I? 
foolish one. Why are you in a new form? The old one got ruined, I'm afraid. Same people who ruined yours. It's time to go, Dorum. Go where? I failed. The gods will continue their bloody reign. Where we go, not even the gods can follow. Where are we going? The beginning. <laughs> <laughs>